I will never be the same again. I can never return. I've closed the door. I'll walk the path. I'll run the race. And I will never be the same again. I will never be same again. I can never return. I've closed the door. I will walk the path. I will run the race. And I will never be the same again. For like fire, so again and again, sweep away the darkness, burn away the chaff, and let a flame burn to glorify your name. Good morning. Welcome to worship on this beautiful Sunday morning. I mean, we've had a lot of rain lately, and I really wanted us to be outside. But, you know, it's a beautiful day because we're all here, and we're all smiling, and we're all breathing, and that's an amazing thing. So today is a beautiful day. So welcome to worship this morning. Now, I know that we have some announcements, so if anybody has any announcements, come forward at this time. I am just going to say a huge thank you to everyone who helped out for the community dinner last night. We had a great team of volunteers, and also to everybody who came and who spread the word. I think we probably served about 175 people, not counting our own. 
we had cooked 200 and we had very little left at the end. So that's wonderful. So thank you, everyone. This intimidates me. <laughs> Good morning. Um, first, we're going to have cookies and conversations, so please join us after church. Uh, the other thing I want to tell you about, actually two more things. Um, Women's Fellowship are going to support the Birthday Buddies this year. It's an organization that collects books, clothes, toys, and they put it in a box. They get a birthday cake donated from different bakeries, and they go to the Gerald House, Caroline, and they're hoping uh, Haven House, and they distribute the birthday gifts to the kids who are homeless. Um, it's a really great organization, and we're going to be doing that over the year. So every month they need different things. So we're going to be, I will let you know what they are from month to month. Uh, they'll need things like wrapping paper, birthday cards, and they support the kids from 0 to 18. So I will put this up in the bulletin so you can take a look at it and learn a little more about birthday buddies. The woman who runs it, she and I are actually acquaintances, our kids went to St. Chris together. So um, to have her come and speak to everybody, we really enjoyed it. and. We felt it was a great organization to support. The other thing is we're going on a Lockport cruise August 24th at 3 o'clock. Everybody is invited. It's 17 for adult, and under 10, it's $10. I have a sign-up sheet, which will also be in the bulletin. If you would like to go, please put your name and the number going. Have a good day. Good morning. Um, so I just, call, I just wanted to remind everyone, if you weren't here last week, um, that we are going to be having another chicken barbecue on Friday, August 27th. Um, just as a reminder, the last time we sold out within 50 minutes, so the only way to guarantee a meal is if you buy a ticket. Uh, so with that said, I'll be selling tickets in Cook Hall after the service, or for those of you who wish to purchase online, you can go to... ZionUCCTON.com slash BBQ. So looking forward to another great event and hopefully another great weather day, not at all like today. So thank you. Wonderful. And then I just have one last announcement. Today is Communion Sunday. If you are at home, I invite you to make sure to prepare some communion elements for you at this time. And for those of you who are here in the sanctuary, we are going to have communion via intinction. However, I will hand each person uh, the wafer. And so that is how we are going to make this work. However, we want to spread people out as much as possible. So Mr. McDonald, our usher, is going to come forward and only come up when he invites you to come forward. It will take a little bit longer, but that way we can just be spread out and safer throughout the entire time. So just listen to, to the instruction of Mr. McDonald during that time. And then the peace of Christ be with you all. And before we greet one another, can we turn around and say good morning to those worshiping online? Good morning. And now take a moment to greet those around you. Who wants to donate money for Bible school? Okay. I told her maybe you like the snack money. And now let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and with your power as we worship you this morning. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Stand with us and sing. Come, thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. 
streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above praise the mountain I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Come, thou fount of every blessing, to my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let that goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to Thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for Thy courts above. Amen. And let us pray. Holy and loving God, we light this candle this morning and we pray for peace. We pray for peace that surpasses human understanding. We also pray for peace on this earth. We pray for peace in our own lives. And Lord, we pray that we can be instruments of peace in your world. We ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us as we strive to be instruments of peace. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Good morning, kids, and good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Bernie, and good to see you, kids. Who is at the door? I don't know. Let's check. It's our friend Bear. Hi, Bear. Hi, guys. Want to play? Want to run around in the yard and play fetch? Want to? Want to? We can't play right now, Bear, because we're in the middle of a children's moment. You are in for the kids. My kid Peyton watches those and she's told me all about them. I'm so excited to be here. Can I help you guys? Of course you can, Bear. Brother, what are we going to talk about today? Well, the adults are going to talk about Jesus and how the crowds followed Jesus around even more after he miraculously fed them. Did they follow him because they knew he was the Son of God? Some of them, sure, but some of them were only in it for the free food. They wanted to follow Jesus around so he could feed them again. Like I follow people around until they throw the ball for me? Just like that. Some people were just in it for the food. But Jesus told them that they needed spiritual food, not just food to fill their bellies. Um, what's spiritual food? Is it like a ball? Can you play fetch with it? 
No, it's not like a ball. Spiritual food is something that helps you to feel closer to God. So when people learned from Jesus, they could feel closer to God. Or when we go to church and sing music and listen to the pastor, we can feel closer to God. Or when you kids go to Sunday school, you learn and you grow and feel closer to God. I love feeling close to God. God is so good. Yes, God is. And the more we worship God, the more we learn about God, and the closer we can get to God. And then we feel more at peace. I feel at peace after I play fetch for an hour and then take a nice nap. I'm sure you do, Bear. You love playing fetch. The same way playing fetch brings you joy, our kids go to Sunday school to learn more and to find joy from God. That's a smart idea. Bear, thanks for joining us today. Kids, we will see you soon. Have a blessed week. Bye, kids. Bye. Good morning. Out of the depths I cry to you, O God. We hunger for the bread of Jesus, the bread of life. We thirst for you, O God. O God, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths I cry to you, O God. Hunger for the bread of Jesus, the bread of life. We thirst for you, O God. There is forgiveness with you. And I wait for you, O God. My soul waits for you. Out of the depths I cry to you, O God. Hunger for the bread of Jesus, the bread of life. We thirst for you, O God. In your words I hope. My soul waits for you, God, more than those who watch for the morning. Out of the depths I cry to you, O God. Hunger for the bread of Jesus, the bread of life. We thirst for you, O God. Jesus, I'm 
Before we do our reading, I have to tell you our guest dog from the children's moment. That was one of Taylor's friends and doing the voice of her own dog because she watches the videos. And so she came over and she's like, Can, do you think I could do a voice? And so I said, okay. <laughs> Just made me laugh too. I, I, so I guess that the kids do like the videos as well. At least Taylor and her friends, that's good to know. Uh, so we are going to read from the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter. We are going to start with verse 25, and we will read through verse 40. So here is what we are reading. We are still continuing on with the feeding of the 5,000. This is shortly after the feeding of the 5,000. But John gives us more detail than the synoptic Gospels. He's going to give us a little bit more information. And John always wants us to see the spiritual meaning behind everything. That's what we have to know when we look at the Gospel of John. You know, like Luke is is all about giving us as many details as possible. Mark is all about brevity. You know, the, the tradition, we don't know if it's true or not, but the tradition holds that Mark is Peter's apostle or Peter's disciple, I mean. And so it's not a surprise that Mark would be one for brevity, I imagine, with, if he happened to be one of Peter's disciples. So Mark keeps everything brief. That was the first written gospel. Luke gives us a lot more detail. And Matthew also adds on more detail than we have in the gospel of Mark. But John takes a different approach to the gospels. He gives us more spiritual information, some of the more meaning behind things. He doesn't want us to just know why things, or that things happen, but he wants us to understand why spiritually things happen. So that's what we're going to read about right now. We are going to continue on as our heading we have right here is the bread from heaven, starting with verse 25. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Starting with verse 25, chapter 6 of the Gospel of John. When they, this crowd, found Jesus on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. And they said to him, we mu- What must we do to perform the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. And so they said to him, What sign are you going to give us so that we may see it and believe you? What works are you performing? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and anyone who comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is indeed the will of the Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
that earth and let it begin with me. Let there be peace on earth, the peace that was meant to be. Let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you on this day and we ask that you bless us. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds, so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So in London, in the year 1865, a Methodist minister named William Booth saw that many people were starving and in poverty, and so he started to feed them. But as he started to feed them, he also realized that he could evangelize to them a little bit, and so he started to preach to them as well, because he realized that while he was feeding their bellies, he could also feed their souls. Who knows what church started from William booth say it out loud salvation army exactly fun little story there so here's the thing though what jesus did was a little bit different so jesus he didn't feed people and then they listened to him but it was actually the other way around so jesus would talk and he would preach and crowds would gather around and then as crowds gathered around and then they would stay and they would listen to him for so long eventually we learn jesus has compassion on the people as their their bellies start to rumble and they start to get pretty hungry and so Jesus feeds the crowds when they gather around him but John gives us some details that that the synoptic gospels leave out John lets us know that while many of the people came around and they wanted to hear what Jesus had to say and then the miraculous feeding was just like an additional perk afterwards that there were some who were just in it for the feeding there were some who they went maybe they just kind of gathered with the crowds gathered with everybody else there were some who just maybe happened to walk uh, upon this whole entire phenomenon and there were some who witnessed that Jesus miraculously fed them and so then they started to think well why are we going to work all day long when we could just follow Jesus around all day and then he's gonna give us food to eat that's what they started to think and so some people they they seemed uh, John tells us that there was probably not a large group let's see that this was probably a small group there was probably a small group of people that started to follow Jesus around and Jesus you know how he knows our hearts he knows not just what we say but he also knows our hearts he looks at them and he says you're following me not because you want to be one of my disciples you're following me not because you saw the signs that i must be the son of man you're following me not because of anything that i've said 
but you are following me because you had your fill of the loaves. Jesus is basically saying, you're not following me to listen to what I'm saying, but you're following me because you're in it for the free food. And this is something that only the Gospel of John tells us, that there must have been some small group of people that, of course, they were like, wow, just think. We can follow Jesus around and maybe he'll miraculously feed us wherever we go. But, you know, Jesus, he's like, you can't just be in it for the free food. It's not just about the physical stuff. It's not just about the physical world. It's not just about food that you put in your belly. But Jesus says that there's a spiritual component that they need to understand. And so Jesus says to this crowd, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, Jesus isn't talking about actual food and and actual hunger and actual thirst, though there have been some miraculous stories. If you look around the world, there have been some miraculous stories where I remember the story of one nun who survived only on communion. So there is some miraculous stuff there. But when Jesus said this, when he's talking about being the bread of life, when he's talking about how people will, will never be hungry and and will never thirst if they come to him. Jesus isn't talking about actual hunger and actual thirst, but Jesus is talking about spiritual hunger and spiritual thirst. Jesus says, if you come to me, if you listen to what I have to say, then spiritually you will never be hungry. Spiritually, you will never thirst for anything more. Now, I want us to think about something. I think if we look around the world today, there's kind of a lot of spiritual starvation going on. Have you noticed that? And we could go through all different things. We could go through different levels of corruption. We can go through different levels of selfishness and greed. We could go through all that. I don't think you need me to go through all the list of how there's there's spiritual starvation in the world. But let's think about how actual starvation works. So with actual starvation, now we've all been to that time where maybe you start to say, oh, I'm starving. I need food in my belly. And we get those starvation pangs. You know what I'm talking about? Where when we first start to be starving for physical food, we get those starvation pangs where our our belly suddenly starts to let our bodies know that it is empty and it is hungry and we need to get food in it ASAP. So when starvation initially starts to set in, we feel it. Honestly, sometimes it's all that we feel. Anybody like that? Anybody get a little hangry? I know I always bring up being hangry. I'll confess, I am, Walter totally gets it from me. I get hangry. You don't want to see me. It's the only time I think I get angry is when I'm hangry. Same for my son. But when those starvation pains start to set in, it affects everything. You know, it'll affect our mood. It'll affect our body. We can feel it. Sometimes it's all that we can think about. We're like, I need food. I need to get food in my stomach. But after starvation sets in for a little while, eventually, if you let starvation, hopefully this doesn't happen to any of you, but if you let starvation set in for long enough, eventually you stop feeling those hunger pangs. Eventually you stop feeling the starvation. Let's think about actual starvation for a moment. My husband loves watching the show Alone from the History Channel. Has anybody ever seen that show? It's where you, I see one nod there. It's where they go out alone in the wilderness. Literally these groups of people are just placed in the wilderness alone with only a small amount of things. They only have one bag, essentially, that is all that they get for all of their shelter needs, for all of their hunting and gathering needs. And then they go out there and they all have their own cameras and they have to film themselves. So they are genuinely uh, genuinely alone. And then the winner of all of this, uh, if you make it the longest, you end up winning $500,000. That's why people do this to themselves. But it's a really interesting show. Some people only last a couple days. And I know everybody thinks, how could you only last a couple days? I remember one episode, somebody saw a bear or a couple bears and they're like, nope, that's it, I'm out of here. And so they have an emergency way to get out. Some people last weeks, other people last months. But the thing that's amazing as you watch these resilient people that make it through the months is that clearly they are starving. They never end up hunting as much as they need to hunt. They never end up fishing for long enough because it ends up getting colder and colder and then fishing is harder to come by. And so these people are out in the wilderness and basically all of them end up with some level of starvation. And I remember watching, I haven't seen all of it even though my husband has, but I I remember watching this one episode and it was really 
far into the season, and they have to do health checks because after starvation sets in, after you have starvation in you for a long enough time, you forget that you're starving. And so there was this one episode where two people got health checks, this one man and this one woman, and they were completely emaciated. And so both of them ended up getting sent home. And then the woman, she ended up being hospitalized for something like two months after that until her body could somewhat go back to normal because she had not realized that she was starving. She didn't realize that her body was declining. She didn't realize that she wasn't getting enough nutrients until they went to check on her and they forced her to get home. So I'm talking to you about actual starvation because I want us to realize this one very important thing before we talk about spiritual starvation. With actual starvation, at first, you feel it. At first, you feel the hunger pangs. You know what I'm talking about. Give me a wave of the hand if you know that terrible feeling in your belly. At first, you feel it. But after a while, you start to forget that you're starving. After a while, you start to forget that you need more. And that's when things get dangerous. Now let's think about spiritual starvation. Do you know that there are people who grow up in loving families and they go to church every Sunday? And, and I'm not talking about like mean, judgmental churches. I'm talking about like loving churches like ours. You know, they grow up and they go to loving churches and, and they're raised in a loving family, but then something happens. Maybe they go through a little bit of a rebellion stage and they start to wet, pull away from their family and they, they start to pull away from their spirituality. They start to pull away from their church. And as they start to pull away, I think that they have some spiritual starvation pangs. I think that they start to realize that they're missing out on church, but maybe it's because it's a rebellion or something. So they just fight through those, those starvation pangs, those spiritual starvation pangs. And until eventually they've been so distanced from the church and maybe even unfortunately so distanced from their loving family that eventually they forget that they even need the church. They forget that they even need their family. They go off on their own doing things however they want to do it. And have you ever seen somebody who gets arrested for some big thing that makes the news? Maybe they did something terrible. Maybe they did something and they stole, you know, millions of dollars from people retirement. Maybe Maybe they, they were like the wolf on Wall Street and they went out there and they basically took everybody's retirement money in order to make themselves rich and, and different scams. We don't know what they did, but imagine, you know, have you seen when somebody gets arrested and then maybe their family comes out later on TV and they're like, well, we didn't raise him to be this way. We, we didn't raise him to be so mean. We didn't raise him to be so malicious. We didn't raise him like this. You know, we raised him in a loving, faithful home. We didn't raise him to be like this. But the thing is, is that when spiritual starvation sets in, when it gets really serious, people forget about their past. They forget about the nurture of the church. They forget about their family. They forget about that love. They forget about all of these words and wisdom from Jesus. They forget about everything that they learned in Sunday school growing up. They forget about all of that as the spiritual starvation starts to set in and eventually they get into this stage that becomes dangerous, and that's when sometimes their parents don't even recognize them anymore. Now, I want you to think, who here, if you ever miss a Sunday worship service, and you can chime in online too, because online counts as well. If you ever miss a Sunday worship service, you feel like you don't even know what day it is. Anybody like that? <laughs> you miss a Sunday worship service, and like your whole week is out of whack. And you're like, well, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't know what to think about this week. I don't even know what day it is. And I'm going back to way before I was a pastor. I remember, I'm going to tell you this story. Sometimes I don't know why I tell stories that make me look bad, but I'm going to tell you I'm all about honesty. I was a teenager. I think I was about 17 years old. And I had been with my friends on Saturday night, and we had all slept over at one of the houses. And then I was driving my friend Sarah home. And I was watching all the people go into, not my church, the Catholic church. I went to the, the UCC church, the Congregationalist church in the center of town. And, uh, you know, I'm watching everybody walk into church, and I'm like, oh, darn, it's Sunday morning. <laughs> and I felt those spiritual pangs. You know, I was like, I'm supposed to be in church right now. I should have dropped my friend out off an hour ago so I could have gone home and got ready and made my way to church. Well, then I'm watching all these people get into church, and I'm turning my car, and it was more than a 90-degree angle, and crash. 
right into, I scraped this, my, my old, what was it, like an 89 Volvo, like scraped the whole entire side of this truck, and I, I just kind of said, the police officer, I'm from a small town, I knew him, of course, and he pulled up, and he's like, Elizabeth, what did you just do? And I was like, you know, I think I really should have been in church this morning. <laughs> my, I felt the, that, those spiritual pangs where I was like, if I was doing what I'm normally supposed to be doing, if I wasn't being a lazy bum this morning, you know, if I had actually gotten out of bed at a reasonable time, and if I had made my way to church with my family, none of this would have happened. But you know what I mean, how when we miss a Sunday, it's like nothing feels right. When we miss a Sunday, it's like sometimes we might not even be in the best mood that week. Maybe we haven't had our joy, you know, and reinvigorated the way that we need it to be. When we miss a Sunday, so much seems to be missing. But the problem is sometimes, and I see this happen to the best people, sometimes we miss a Sunday, and then we miss another Sunday, and then we miss another Sunday, and then suddenly we forget that we even go to church on Sunday. That happens sometimes. But then we learn from Jesus. Jesus says, he says, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Think about it. We come to church on Sunday morning because we don't want to fall into spiritual starvation. We come to church on Sunday morning to be surrounded by loving, faithful people because we don't want spiritual starvation to set in. We come to church and we raise our children in church and and we sit here in these pews and listen to a pastor talk sometimes for way too long and we do all this because we want to be reminded of the words of Jesus. We come to church and, and we sing songs of praise so amazingly, beautifully. We sing songs of praise because those songs lift our spirit, because we want to keep spiritual starvation at bay. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. We have to think about this. We always want to keep spiritual starvation at bay. We don't want to fall into that dangerous territory where suddenly we don't even remember we're starving spiritually. But instead we come to church and we worship our Lord and we sing songs of praise and we lift up our spirits all because we know That Jesus is the one who will let us never be spiritually hungry. All because we know that Jesus is the one who will never let us be spiritually thirsty. All because we know that he is the one who holds us accountable. How many times do you ask yourself, ooh, what would Jesus do? We go back to that old phrase, what would Jesus do? How many of you growing up had what would Jesus do bracelets on your wrist? Or read that original book, you know, from a long time ago, where we look at it, you know, we, we do something and we say, well, maybe that wasn't really what Jesus would want me to do. Maybe I should forgive Not because I want to forgive, I really want to hold a grudge. But maybe I should forgive because that's what Jesus wants me to do. Maybe Maybe I shouldn't respond with hate. Maybe I should respond with love. Because that's what Jesus wants me to do. Jesus is the bread of life. Whoever comes to him will never be spiritually hungry. Whoever comes to him will never be spiritually thirsty. So we come here today to turn our hearts and our minds to God, to put spiritual starvation at bay, because we know, we know that we need to stay focused on the words and the actions of Jesus. Anybody want to say amen to that? And let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you today as we put spiritual starvation at bay. We turn to you today, Lord, to revive our spirits. We turn to you today, Lord, to partake in communion. We turn to you today, Lord, to remember that you help us in so many ways. We come to you not because we need physical food, but because we need spiritual food that comes straight from you. And we, Lord, ask that you bless us and that you help us 
stay focused on what truly matters, on you and your love and the way that you want us to work in this world. And we pray this all through Christ Jesus, and together we say, Amen. Now is the time for us to give our tithes and offerings. If you're here in church today, you can give to the ushers as they pass the plates. If you're at home, you can still give online, or you can give online if you're, even if you're here. Give thanks to the grateful heart, give thanks to the Holy One, give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say I am strong, let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Jesus says, Come to me, you who are weary and restless. Come all who hunger and thirst. We are ready. Creating God, source of all our being and all the earth, we thank you and we praise you for the gift of life. We thank you for calling us to obedience and for sending us Jesus to show us how to live. Jesus, our Savior, we praise you. Uh, Jesus, our Savior, we praise you for the glory of redemption. It was you who suffered the world's pain so that we may live. We celebrate the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, who carries us through life with the love and the strength of the Lord, and we join in your unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We gratefully recall and remember Christ's birth as one of us, Christ's baptism for our sin, Christ's compassion for our suffering, Christ's intimacy with our frailty, Christ bearing the cross with its death, and Christ rising from the tomb by the power of God. 
It was Jesus who took the bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, Jesus also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so we affirm the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Consecrate, therefore, by your Holy Spirit these gifts of bread and wine. Bless us that as we receive them, we may offer you our faith and our praise. We may be united with Christ and with one another, and we may be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to continue faithfully as disciples in your world. And let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Through the broken bread, we participate in the body of Christ. Through the cup of blessing, we participate in the newness of life. Come, for all things are now ready. There's a table in your presence where the weary are restored where the bread is broken for us and the cup of life is poured blood and body given for us perfect offering for our sins Sacrifice and resurrection, all who die with you shall Father. 
Christ our Savior, to your table now we come. In this holy sweet communion, fill our hearts and make us one. Hallelujah, hallelujah, worthy is the Lamb of God,
Let us pray together. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Strengthen us in faith. Increase our love for one another. And let us show the world your greatness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in the unity with the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trial, of famine and darkness and sorrow, still we are the voice in the desert crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice, fear of jubilee, and out of science till salvation comes. These are the days of Ezekiel, the dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant David, rebuilding the temple of praise. And these are the days of the harvest, the fields are as white in your world. And we are the laborers in your vineyard, declaring. The word of the Lord. Behold, he comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee, and out of science till salvation comes. There's no God like Jehovah, 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 there's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah, there's no God like Jehovah. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice, it's the year of jubilee. And out of science till salvation comes, behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's the year of jubilee, and out of science till salvation comes. Amen. <laughs> and now go forth spiritually revived. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all. Great job. Great job. <laughs>